What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast to our annual New Year's special. Yeah. This is the sound effects. Yeah, sound effects, sound effects, sound effects. <laughs> and I'm here with my homies, my brothers, my comrades, Mo Dingo, Trip Turlington, and Tony DeSero. What's up? What's up? What's up, fellas? Uh, Ready for this 18 number to come out? Yeah. yeah. Happy New Year! It's, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a year. Yeah. Uh, we've we've gotten a lot done. We have a lot to do. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, hitting the ground running in in 2018. But Amen. Uh, this episode's a little bit more about reflecting back on the past year, and so I just wanted to kind of start out with what you know, what were some of the major themes of the year, and what did we talk about? And you know, last year in 2016, if the the uh, running theme was kind of SFX entertainment <laughs> as far as industry stuff goes, right? I think yeah. this year it was SoundCloud. <laughs> so, <laughs> the year yeah. of SoundCloud was SoundCloud and Fire. <laughs> And uh, in a dumpster in a dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, SoundCloud was one of those things as I was kind of writing down notes and saying, OK, here are the things that happened in the industry. Here are the things that happened to passionate DJ. And SoundCloud was one of those that kind of had overlap of both because right. <laughs> we were hosting yeah. on SoundCloud and had a bit of a, a panic moment when we heard one yeah, day that puckered a little bit. Yeah, SoundCloud <laughs> was going away in in forty eight hours or something. <laughs> you, you were on vacation at the time, <laughs> yeah. were you? <laughs> yeah, no cell signal. David, David, <laughs> trip. Let's take some smoke signals now. Now, <laughs> right? I mean, it was it was yeah. that was the morning of total panic. I think. Well, as far as we can tell, SoundCloud's still there. Yeah, and yep. we still have episodes on SoundCloud. It hasn't Thanks, gone anywhere. Thanks, Chance. Yeah, thanks, Chance, I <laughs> <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> Have you guys heard anything more about that in yeah, the past not. month or two? I no, got an really. email introducing the new SoundCloud home experience. SoundCloud home? <laughs> or home <Yes>. experience? <laughs> home experience? Yes. Um, Excuse me? Uh, with over 170 million tracks, there's always something new to discover from our credible community of creators making the discovery process even easier serving up curated recommendations and personalized playlists so you're the first of you're the first to know what's happening um so it kind of looks uh, never miss a moment in music a selection of soundcloud's best and latest personal like looks like they're going towards um they're doing the spotify, spotify type yeah which mm-hmm. is, weren't we kind of worried that that's what they were going to do? Yeah, we talked about that. So I guess I guess SoundCloud is, is a still developing story. I right. mean, it, it sounds right. like it's yeah. it hasn't gone anywhere. But does anybody feel any more confident in SoundCloud? Is is the question? You know, I, I, personally, I I don't I don't feel as crazy about like whether or not it's going to go away. It, it's just going to be one of those things that what we used to know as SoundCloud is going to change. And, yeah. you know, so how relevant is it for content creators versus DJs versus podcasts versus yeah. you know, whatever? And is it going to continue to be a, a place for anybody to come and create and share as it has yeah. been? Or is it going to be another one of those things where it's like pay to play? You have to be releasing through a distributor and all of that kind of stuff who knows yeah. and that's been kind of a running theme in general it's just right. the the overall state of streaming yeah. and streaming music and and copyright and royalties and, and right. it seems like everybody's scrambling to find the the right way to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for for those that don't recall essentially an email came out said that they were uh getting rid of well they were letting some employees go 
it was a significant amount, like forty percent of yeah, their of their employees. Workplace. Which we all, as users of that platform, automatically assumed that the doors were going to shut close thereafter. And at the time, that's where we hosted all our podcasts on. So we were kind of in a situation where, like, where are we going to put this stuff now, and is it going to disappear? So I think Trip, you uh, you managed to t- you know back up all of our stuff so that way, in the event it did just shut down, we weren't going to be hosed completely. Yeah, Not completely. There, yeah, <laughs> you know. there's there was a couple of days there where we were both just constantly messaging each other, like, "Did you cover this base? Did you cover this base?" Did <laughs> you know. You, you know? <laughs> and I'm sure we weren't the only ones going through that stress. You know, no, I, I can't imagine that we would have been. But uh, you know, it, it it was a for us, it was a good thing because it allowed us to uh, expand and solidify a strategy. Yeah, that wasn't completely dependent on such an unstable platform at the yeah. moment. Yeah. You know? Uh, another thing that came up quite a bit this year was was Denon and mm-hmm. hashtag change your writer, right. and the Denon Prime <laughs> system and all that stuff. They actually seem to make some waves this year with yep. that. Yep. Um, I was surprised. They got some big names on board. They got some some good press. Yep. Um, all the big outlets are singing their praises. Right. Still have yet to, to mess with one. I Tony got the chance to mess with one earlier in the year, and it, it looked pretty cool. But uh, I'd, I'd love to like play a set on one and see, like, mm-hmm. do I really like this or do I just like looking at it and like the idea of it? Right, yeah. right. That's what I was going to say is that it, at least from what outlets I've seen, like if you go out to like message boards, you know, and all of that kind of stuff and, and just kind of see the banter in the comment sections of all of this stuff, like there seems to be a pretty even split among the, the, the ground level, you know, DJs out there that that are like us that are like, I really like the idea of this. I really like the the fact that Denon is pushing it, but I haven't yet put my hands on it. And then there's other people that are like, this is fucking useless. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice thing if you want to save a few bucks for your home setup. But at the end of the day, Pioneer is what's in the booth. You know, yeah. so there's there's that there's still some work for Denon to do. But I think in their last update, now they're compatible with record box. Right. That's true. Yeah. Which that that could be huge. Yeah, it could then be it's, very huge. If yeah. that really works in a transparent way, then that, that keeps you from feeling locked in or, or trapped by one closed system or another. Yeah, right. You know. All right. So July 12th, TechCrunch comes out with this article. <laughs> and they say it's titled SoundCloud Sinks, as leaks say, layoffs by little time, which is kind of a wordy title. but Yeah. So... They started uh, giving some pretty scary numbers <laughs> for people who are using SoundCloud as their hosting platform, you right. know, like uh, the Passionate DJ podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, a tense scene unfolded yesterday. At, this comes from TechCrunch. A tense scene unfolded yesterday as user-generated music streaming service SoundCloud held an all-hands meeting to explain to employees why it suddenly had to lay off 40% of its staff last mm. week. So, ouch. That's, yeah, that's, that's a rough number. I mean, even if a company is laying off, you know, 5%, you know, that that's a scary number too. I mean, it I mean, of course it all depends on, you know, how how big the scale and how many people that is, but I mean, 40% of their of SoundCloud is what? A couple hundred people or was it 100 100 Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, like I mean, that's a lot of people to be letting go. Um, you know, regardless of what the situation is. 
Well, and not only that, but it seems like it it caught everybody off guard, not just us, but even their employees. Yeah, that's like those <laughs> you hear about those stories of people who show up to work and there's a sign on the door. Yeah. <laughs> So I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that we did this year. Um, one thing was uh, Trip spent a lot of the year hobbling around and <laughs> using crutches. And <laughs> yeah, how's talk your about, leg doing, buddy? Oh, it's so much better now. I have to I have to hand it to uh, the doctors, um, and um, I just I, I I am constantly amazed at like what we can do, you know, medically with the human body these days, like just every, the advancements in medicine and all of that stuff. And I, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, for a lot of people listening to this, it's just knee surgery, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not rocket science, but for me, this is the only, this is like the first and only major surgery I've ever had, you know? So I tore my ACL doing yard work and then I ended up hobbling around on a bum knee for over for a, a month. For a minute, yeah. Yeah, while I was still in school. And then once I finished up with uh, that semester, then I went and had surgery. And then a month after I had surgery, then I was back in school, so, <laughs> as well as full-time work. Like, So um, there, there was it, it, the, the latter half of the year has been a little challenging, we'll say. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so to – but to see – how quickly I progressed after the surgery. I mean, you know, that was in the beginning of August and here we are, it's not even the end of the year. I am walking. I can, I can do a light jog. I can go up and down stairs and all of that stuff. Like it, 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 I'm not a hundred percent yet, but I'm a lot better than I was, you know, uh, pre-surgery and even those first few weeks after surgery. I was going to say, this is about the first time, I think, where when we've seen you, you you look pretty normal in that respect, like when you're moving around and walking and bending over, picking things up, and you're just kind of doing it, whereas before it took about twice as long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now, honestly, my biggest challenge is cold weather, like Um, cold weather and rain. Um, I had no idea, but like I always thought it was like an old wives' tale or something. Like "Eh, feel the rain coming, feel the rain coming. You You didn't know know you were going to become a weather vane, (laughs) exactly. But but that's true. Like uh, and and the doctors even said no. That that's absolutely true. It's because of the change in barometric pressure in the atmosphere when it's about to rain or when it gets cold and it and the moisture changes in the air. And I'm like, really. (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah, and it's weird. It's not like pain, but it's a mm-hmm. it's it's a noticeable ache. It's a difference. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's very weird. The technology is definitely definitely crazy in the in the medical field. Well, yeah, what they did is they took an ACL out of a cadaver <laughs> and then grafted that with a chunk of my hamstring, and then used screws to you know uh, like uh, uh, bone screws, not metal screws, but bone screws to go into each side where they wanted to attach it. Franken so, trip over here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, exactly what I, I don't was know saying. who donated this ACL, but thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, Get uh, your erector sets while you're young. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you know, like learn that stuff. That's, yeah, that's crazy. It, it, but um, you know, all told. Um, you know, for as awful of a experience as that was, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. 
And like I said, for me to be up and uh, out and about like I am now, I'm I'm totally thankful. I think you're just being a trooper, man, because I saw you hobbling around with like portable water cooled leg systems and <laughs> episode 100. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, whew, yeah, that thing. Uh, which was uh, that was a just real quick that was a really neat piece of technology that came out of that whole that thing that thing cools beers really fast too. <laughs> well it's the weirdest thing like it, there's nothing to it it's a cooler it's a radiator essentially yeah, it's like your car it, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a it's a cooler like a cooler cooler you know yeah. like you know that you put a six pack of beer in yeah but it's got a motor in it and then a tube that comes off of that and the motor just cycles the water through the tube and then through a pad that I had wrapped around my knee. And then as that wider water cycles through, then it goes back into, you know, the, the reservoir in the cooler. And then, you know, as long as you've got ice cold water in there, your knee or whatever you want to keep cold stays cold and keeps the swelling down. It was I, amazing. I was like, this is such a simple idea, but man, is it effective yeah. <laughs> overall? It just sounds like you're describing a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> I had this you tube here, and I had, the, yeah. I had these screws in here. I just, wa- I just watched Justice League the other day, so yeah. Nice. Uh, so the the first big thing that we did in the year uh, was go to the Dayton Record Fair. That was in February, yeah, yep. Yep. which day was a lot of fun. Uh, had some good times there, and one thing about that episode was it was the first time that Tony made a big announcement, and I'm going to play that clip now. Yes. What's the big announcement? My 43rd birthday. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that has been the Fashion DJ Podcast. We'll see you next time. More importantly than that, or in it especially enhanced because of that, is um, because we booked Sasha for Dayton, Ohio. Booked Sasha. Yes, yes, that's Sasha. Ooh, this is a big freaking deal, man. Yeah, absolutely. And this is major. I mean, we've talked about Sasha on here. I mean, how many times? I mean, uh, almost any time we talk about where your roots in electronic dance music come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, that Sasha and Digweed are at the top of that. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, the, but your this is your birthday, though it does yeah. happen to be. I, I'm just amazed that it, that you were able to work that out because it's not. I mean, you don't get the the pick of dates when you when you book somebody like Sasha. Know, like, right? hey, give me yeah. uh, April eight. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's really what you believe. If you any higher power, any stars aligned, it couldn't have worked out any better. We were going to do a show on April first, and um, the club wasn't available. And this year, I, I told myself I didn't want to throw a show on my birthday. I did not want to work on my birthday this year. Mm-hmm. And we found out the club wasn't available, and I went back to the agent. And I said, you know, we moved our date to April 8th. Who do you have available on April 8th? And they came back to me with one name, and it was Sasha. <laughs> and my jaw <laughs> hit the all? ground, <laughs> you know. And Are you sure you don't have anybody else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, the big Sasha show. Now that was a little more three dimensional than Passionate DJ, but I wanted to bring it in because we talked about it so much. We were all there. We all participated in some way, and yep. it was just a big. It was a. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal. Yeah, um, and three dimensional did all kinds of cool stuff this year. Um, yeah. Your promotional company. I thought about having yeah, Tony's business partner Billy in here today. We should have brought him in. We could have a little three DM catch up. Maybe we can do that at the start of the year. Yeah. But uh, what else did you guys do? Nicole Madaber? Yeah, we did Nicole after that. Uh, which Jay Flip? Which Nicole trickled from Sasha. Um, they had a, it was the same agent. They had a conversation about the place, Nicole and Sasha. And 
um, you know, um, as Josh and, and Sasha did, and they were all like, you guys have to check this, this market out, you know, so that worked out. Uh, Jay Flip. Stanton um, Warriors. Stanton Warriors and Worthy. That was before Sasha. Yeah, that was yeah. beginning But that was still this year, right? It was still yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what else did we do this year? We didn't. Uh, like no, we did freaking, uh, uh, blood, sweat, and bass. Yeah, we did a blood, sweat, and bass. We did um, which was Diesel Boy, Diesel, Diesel Boy, Boy, yeah, and, and uh, Downlink. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we did. Um, we teamed up with Philly Phil and did a couple hip hop shows. We did the. Uh, we helped him out with Devin the Dude, and um, you also brought Bone back into town. Yeah, Bone Thugs. We were. Um, I was actually hired as a talent buyer for that festival it was like bone and dioro and yep. a few others um which turned out decent not as the guy expected but it, it wasn't our show um we were just solely buying the talent and then it came to all the logistics of the actual party and come to find out that you know the guy knew how to coordinate events but didn't know all of the back-end stuff and that came with throwing a music event like yeah. that so we we jumped in and we helped and and did a lot of um the leading up to the day-to-day or the day operation of the show the setup of the show um the transportation of the show the show the show, the, show. <laughs> the, show. Um, the catering the show. yeah um and and when you weren't throwing huge shows with three dimensional, you mm-hmm. were traveling traveling around helping throw other big shows. So yeah, I mean, so it's was a, a busy season for yeah, you. Yeah, with Prime Social Group. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a little bit of last year's New Year's special, and we we talked about the same thing. We're like, yeah, we lost Tony for about ten weeks there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I was gonna say it was more than ten weeks this time. Wasn't yeah, it? I mean, it yeah. might some be of them were sporadic. Sporadic. Yeah, this yeah. year, uh, twenty eighteen might be a couple more weeks because they're adding couple more markets seven man. seven more markets you do what you wow. got to do man um but you know some of the markets i may not be needed for because they don't want to pay they it, they don't want to pay the travel expenses in the hotel which i see completely fine because if they work with another production group out of whatever state they're in that production group might have their own stage manager mm-hmm. their own backline manager that's mm-hmm. local right there so no big deal but um i'm sure i'll be adding a few of the markets yeah yeah any big 3DM shows you can announce yet? Um, we always are, trying to squeeze one out. Well, we're we're shooting again um, for another trip around the sun on my birthday. We'd like to make that kind of an annual thing. That's cool. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. um, I mean it was a cool concept of a party. Um, I, I don't know if we'll be able to top Sasha in my eyes and in my heart, but I think we'll know. be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think people will understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've got to say out of the, all the amazing things that the three dimensional did this year, I think the, the Sasha one was my favorite show. Mm-hmm. I think Nicole was my favorite performance performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That was so, she, I mean, she was a blast. Yeah. And she, <laughs> man, she's phenomenal. She, she was like with surgical precision back there, behind i don't know one two three four five decks i don't know how how many things she was running it was she had four it looked like a fucking control yeah. booth like in an aircraft it was I mean, four was plugged in with ableton a yeah. bit of ableton in the background mm-hmm. yeah that was amazing to watch mm-hmm. that was definitely my favorite uh performance that we booked that um, was literally what one day out of surgery two yeah. days out of yeah. surgery. one day yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. i tried to talk you into coming in and we were trying anyway so did i push yeah. you up yeah we'll elevate you up man you'll be all good suspend you um, from the ceiling i wish going back to the sasha show i wish um 
because I had so much going on at that at that point of my life. I had so much going on already, and it was very very hard to absorb it all mentally, you know, because I had so many worries at that time going on and I'm sitting behind the one main reason I got into electronic music and the main guy that I look up to. And it seemed like his set was 30 minutes, mm. you know what I mean? Cause I blinked and it was over cause I had so many other responsibilities right. going on. And I was just like, man, you know, Nicole, I actually got like, I stood behind Nicole and I just sat and listened to her play. And I even said I was going to do that for Sasha. I was like, man, I'm going to get out on the floor. And I did for a minute, but... I tried to make you. Yeah, but I just didn't. I I, I, I couldn't. You're still throwing a show. Yeah. 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 And um, it was a like probably the most surreal show of my promotional career. Absolutely, 100%. It's one of those, you, you look back on that, like, was that a memory? Or Did that a really, really happen? <laughs> that yeah. really happened, you know? Yeah, no, was, even I felt that way. I was like, holy shit, this is like a bucket list artist. For, I mean, and thank you, because you've got... Like three bucket list artists for me in one year, well four if you count Bone, you know, and like I was able to stand like within mere feet of them, you know, standing mm-hmm. behind them. Yeah, and I wasn't even in the audience, so that was like I was like, holy shit! And those are things that crazy. I speak yeah. of throughout the year too. When we talk about me doing shows, and you know, people questioning and asking what I love about doing all this stuff, and 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 that is things like that. You yeah. know, like. You got all those pleasures out of that, you know, right. along with the crowd yeah. and people getting to see their, you know, those people come to our city, right? you know, and I'm very, very big on that. And I've had, you know, after the Jay Flip show, we had a meeting with, with a group and they're from Dayton and they, you know, people are wanting to start, they're starting to want to collab with us yeah, and not like other promoters, not other show throwers, but people in other areas yeah. of expertise. That, yeah that we could plug that piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. into our three-dimensional outlet to make things get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. and more noticeable in our city for us right. to bring big things to the city. Because there's, there's not much entertainment here, and that's what we want to do. We want to bring entertainment to the city, and, you know, we're well, you're, you're doing it, man. I, Thank you. With, with a little more support, I, I mean, I can't even imagine what, what could happen. So I'm I'm at least as excited for 2018 for three dimensional <laughs> as I am for passionate DJ yeah, just to absolutely. see what you guys put together. It's cool for that sure. we can tie all this stuff together. Yeah. You know, passionate DJ helps out three dimensional and three dimensional helps out passionate DJ. Like we, we, yes, we sir. all are like a, a conduit, you know, yeah. of, of outlets to just help make each it bigger other and, better. And, and make it happen. You know, the, um, just the collaborative efforts amongst entrepreneurs is the best way to make us all flourish. You know, yep. we all can't do this by ourselves. We preach it. We might as well do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, thank you, Passionate DJ, for helping us. Yes. yes. Uh, another cool thing we did this year was got our new theme, our new oh, intro theme. theme. Song, yeah. Yeah. Our new theme song, not our new intro. <laughs> because I, I threw the, this job at, at Trip, like, hey, can we get a new intro put together? Can we use that that track of yours? And then he put it all together. And then he's like, do you have the, the, the vocals ready for the intro? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a voice actor, a professional voice actor. He's this big deal and stuff. And I, and I just never... <laughs> <laughs> drove it home so we've been using I'm like just just record something real quick and throw it on there we'll use it for the next week or two and we've been using that for like six months of just trip saying yeah. it which is fine but I was well, like, my fu- bad well no and the funny part is is that even though it's me there were like two versions that I made yeah. and, and and when I made Didn't one of them have auto-tune no no no, no. actually it had a, um, a vocal um, uh, effect on it 
and it was called Radio Commercial. Oh, like a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, it was like a slapback delay. Yeah, like yeah. a slapback yeah. delay, and it had like a real big widening effect on it or whatever. And like when I first recorded it, and then I thought, I'm not even sure that I like this. But I'm going to run it past David and see what he thinks first. And of course, like he came back with, I don't know. It, it kind of sounds car commercial. <laughs> it's a little strip club. <laughs> and I was like, all I like, like the idea. And I was like, yeah, no, you just confirmed what I what I <laughs> your had. suspicions. Yeah. yeah. So then I re-recorded it, made it a little bit more dry, you know, just more reverby kind of sitting it in the mix type of thing. But the problem is then like I had these two versions in the same folder and I didn't like label them correctly. Uh, it so, got published a couple times. So it, yeah. I so if you go back, it. then like there's a couple of episodes where I'm using the big like commercial, yeah. like, you know, car commercial, like big, like crazy sound. And then like by the time I realized it, now it's all like, oh shit. <laughs> and I go back and I'm like, Okay, well, I can't republish that, so I'm just going to delete the bad one (laughs) and make sure we've got a good one. I noticed it once or twice, and I was like, I'm going to have to ask him about that. Am I just hearing it wrong? (laughs) We did talk about this, right? Why do I want to get dollar bills out of my pocket? (laughs) (laughs) And then one day it was magically fixed. I was like, okay, then then I put together that must have been what happened. I I finally noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, part of my my post-production process is that's just a file. Like, I don't have to listen to that every time. just drag and drop it. Yeah, I just drag it in, drop it, and uh, then I line up, you know, uh, the the time so that uh, David is always hitting the post. So like, yeah. you know, like a th- boss, right? So that's <laughs> that's all I do. I don't like start it from the beginning, so I always miss that part. And then, like, I by the time I did, I I noticed it, and then I was all like, I should just delete this one. <laughs> we'll just pretend I- that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are in the middle of our New Year special. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite show moments from the last year. Coming up right after this. Yo, what's up, everybody? Happy New Year to all the Passionate DJ crew and everybody listening out there. Just wanted to call in and drop a few lines, let you guys know what's up with my favorite moments from 2017 and what I have planned for 2018 in regards to my resolutions. So my favorite moments from 2017 are moments that just weren't there in 2016. And that's talking with my wife after each gig on my way home on the telephone. Yeah. I know it's cheesy, right? It's cheesy, but it's it's what really is, man, my favorite moments. I tell her like how the gig went, all the struggles I went through, weird stuff that went on. You know, she just loves hearing it. And then even like when I wake up the next day, um, when my kids see me first thing, they're like, how was your gig last night? How, who was there? How did it go? Where was it at? And so because they really care and they want to like, they're interested in my journey um, because they see that I'm so passionate about it. You know, those are my favorite moments without a doubt is when I'm talking to my wife and kids about my passion because they really want to hear about it. Um, for 2018, I got a couple resolutions. You know, the first one involves just improving, you know, some of my life habits, like uh, physically and mentally, you know, eating right, drinking right, sleeping more, you know, going to church, man, that, that's important to me. And I'm going to be starting my second business. So I've been saving some money for my DJ gigs to start this second business, which actually complements my first business as a mobile DJ. And so, man, I'm really looking forward to rolling that out 
and looking forward to sharing with you guys too man what what that is and and what happens so um happy new year man to everybody out there you know stay blessed all right do what you do do what you love and this is dj serrano phoenix arizona peace Okay, so let's talk about favorite show moments. And mm. the, the first thing that came to my mind was um, kind of the biggest deal show for me probably was episode 100 Live. 100. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just because it was such a celebratory moment for us, and it was um, a lot of work, and we had a lot right. of guests, and it also kind of helped us launch the ambassador program and merch, and we're going to talk about all that stuff. But uh, here's a quick clip from episode 100 Live. All right, I, I got another one from uh, our good friend Brian K. James, also known as Daibatsu Music. Hey, hey. hey, what's up, Brian? Has anyone gotten to DJ at a place they've always dreamed of playing? Were you nervous? How did it go? And <laughs> would you do it again? And the reason he's asking, because our, but our good friend here is going to be playing in Ibiza in September in a cafe. So that is super Ooh. solid. So, nice. Dave, or Brian, we expect to see some pictures, Instagram, all that good stuff, Man. and record your sets, bro. Yeah. So, right, right. Are you kind of the closest to, to be able to say yes to that? Um, kind of I, the closest out of all yeah. of us. I mean, you did. I played some pretty big stages in Oakland. Yeah, number fast. Nutter Center and Boma, but right. those were pretty great places Yeah, to play. absolutely. Well, I and mean, you spent how many months in Puerto Vallarta? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that, yeah. that had to be pretty dope. Like, <laughs> You're literally an international touring DJ right, right. there, so yeah. That's pretty saying, awesome. I feel, like, I feel like, hands down, he's probably the closest yeah, to being yeah. able to say yes. yes. Boma and, and Nutter Center are pretty great places to right. be asked to play. I played on some pretty cool stages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the question? Say the question one more time, Mo. Have there been any dream places that you wanted to play? And if you got to play there, you know, how was it? Were you nervous? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm nervous going into a crowd of 20 people, you know, at Therapy Cafe. But that's just me as a person. Um, I'm I'm always nervous going up on stage. Did I ever dream of playing in Puerto Vallarta? No. Um, But when it happened, it was amazing. Yes, I would do it again. Yes. That's, I think for me, it's not so much a place as it is yeah. of like a particular experience. Like mm-hmm. that, the Sasha show that you put mm-hmm. me on for would be the one for me so far, right, just right. because it was Sasha. And I mean, that's that's definitely a dream I, place. Yeah, if I could have picked anyone, it would have been him or Digweed, mm-hmm. and there it was. And you know, even though Mask is just a local Dayton club, it's more than just a local Dayton mm-hmm. club. I mean, yeah, it's serious business. The experience is amazing, regardless of the stage. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm going to keep in my heart forever, and it. it it had something to do with the venue, but not entirely. Right. Yeah. For me, it was always like the unexpected place that I played that like really fulfilled mm. something. It's, a lot of the times if I'm going into something like, oh, I can't wait to play this. Often like I found myself let down or something happened and it wasn't quite the night that I wanted it to be. And yeah. then there's this night that I play something that 75, 80 people are at and it's like, wow. Everyone was dancing, and man, that just recharged something. And I, I just, I was kind of indifferent going into it, and I left it thinking, eh, you know what? I didn't, I, I wasn't expecting this, but man, this felt good. Oh, um, I just, I kind of said what you just said that sometimes it's not the size of the venue that just makes it totally memorable. There were a few opportunities that I had that I thought was going to be amazing, even though that's detracting from the original question a little bit, where I got asked to play a really, really big rock festival for a local radio station in Columbus a couple of years back, 
where I was playing with like huge, huge bands and me and my friend were like the only DJs on the the whole lineup. So, but I was playing for, I have a picture of it. I mean, I, I have no idea how many thousands of people, but oh, wow. I mean, it just like dwarfs every gig I have right, right. size wise. But I just felt so disconnected from the crowd. It, it, it just didn't mm. even really. You comp- talked about that, Tony. Yeah, yeah it yeah. just it wasn't a great it wasn't a great experience for me. It, also, we were the only DJ act on this, so it was like indie rock band, indie rock band, folk rock band, DJs, indie <laughs> rock band. And so, I mean, oh, and spoon man. I mean, rough. I was like trembling, and I've been DJing for eons, but like I just was, I'd yeah. never been so nervous in my life, sure. you know, and, and I'm just like, we're DJing and like, we're just watching a whole swath of people just sitting on a hill at this outside concert venue, like at a nightclub, you know, people are dancing and dark, you know, again, I know yeah. I'm detracting a little bit, but right, like right. it just, you know, I thought it was going to be something amazing and I did it the next year. They asked me to come back, and I was a little reluctant, and I did it for two years. And then the third year, I was like, I, I can't do it again. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, like I said, again, I'm, I'm detracting from the question a little bit, but, like, I'd much rather play for 100 people who are just, like... Who are into it, yeah. yeah. Who are heads. Super yeah. into it. Yeah. So, you know, my favorite gigs uh, have definitely been some of the smaller ones. So, you know, just, like, be careful of, like, chasing, like these huge venues or festivals. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I, I don't know that any, any gig in particular stands out as like, Oh man, I always wanted to achieve this or I always wanted to play this one. But like, rather I'm, I'm always the type that like, okay, I really want to take each gig for what it is and, and approach right. it for what it is and accept it for what it is once it's done. And if it's a bad gig, you know, then have some retrospect and, mm-hmm. and look back on it and learn something or from live it. Live in but, the moment. But yeah, the, it, yeah, that definitely that living in the moment thing, especially when you're younger, man, like that's, uh, that's so important that all us old yeah. folks, you know, yeah, I can, I was just, I was nervous on that phone call. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I like I just kind of a li- little bit like worked my ass off and I was like okay now I got my shit together on what I want to do and I'm just like great I did tailor my entire set to David and Mike <laughs> and the funny thing is I came up to you after you were done and I said whoa I've never heard you play like that and because you, you it, never heard me play like that even that because <laughs> yeah. you weren't there <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I just tailored my set oh, to you oh that guys. was uh, was it that was Stan Warriors yeah okay yeah yeah so uh, you're dead to me. yeah i got those shows mixed up sorry john (laughs) so that was uh john chapel mike donovan and jack sheets also known as mr shifter in that clip and the the interesting thing about that show is the first one that we've done live uh, officially like a full episode live right um and streamed video and what you couldn't see was was the uh, the big water cooled rig on Trip's leg on the other side of the counter, and so you were quite a trooper no, it, for that show. And that that show was such a blast, though. And I, what I like about that clip that you picked is that it it, it really showed uh, how all of us came together discussing a topic and and being able to banter back and forth off of each other. But everybody's talking about something relevant, and you know, because so many times with 
with a lot of podcasts or especially if, if you get a bunch of people together, not everybody can jive like that. Not everybody yeah. can vibe off of each other and talk about the one thing that we're talking about there. Even when Jack was detracting from the question, he was still yeah. talking about something that was relevant to the question. That's hard and, to do with the four of us, let alone with six, seven people in the right. room. Right. Yeah. You, you guys, if this was an actual like cutting, you know, editing room, like with, you know, old tape, like, yeah. we'd be you, slipping and falling on Right, right. But um, not to mention all the awesome camera work. Well, well right. <laughs> yeah. I was getting there. Gosh. But, you know, so. All of that pulled together, you know, and then, you know, and and absolutely having manned uh, a video rig and manning all of the audio together, like it, all of it came together with relative ease. Like, I mean, you even had a flood. I had a flood the night before the 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 show. To add to the stress of the whole thing. So, like, for everything to have come together like episode 100 did, and for us to have, like, pulled it off, and and for it to have gone pretty smooth with only a few hiccups, you know, I mean, there was the audio thing in the beginning, right? I mean, but, I mean, they're really... I I had a really good time, and, and... I I I I hope that we can do it again soon. I was yeah. about yeah. to say, with all that being said, are we doing it again? Uh, right. Anytime soon? <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember showing up like several hours earlier just to sit mm-hmm. down and get comfortable. And like, as soon as we said go, I was like, oh shit. Here we go. <laughs> it was. It's pretty nerve wracking yeah. to hit. Yeah. When you when you're trying to when do a semi big production. Yeah. Well, that and I say you know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Two things I hate: microphone and a camera. <laughs> And both of them in one room, I was shitting my seat. <laughs> Actually, uh, one of the clips that I picked out uh, to for us to talk about later uh, is you actually saying something along the lines of, we're, we're doing video. Oh. <laughs> and then Tony's all like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I, get, I get awkward. <laughs> Try well, not to, but... Yeah, hey. You know, the other big deal thing that happened was we interviewed the one and only DJ Craze, which was pretty awesome. Um, So I did bring in a clip. I apologize for the quality of said clip. That's my bad. (laughs) Speaking of, did you guys see the the slip mats that he came out with? No. It says it's it's a two two cents. looks like a a penny or whatever, two cents. And then at the top it says, in real DJs we trust. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you have to check them out. I don't know if it's a it's a twelve inch or a slip mat. I didn't really read into it, but it kind of looked like a slip mat. Well, on that note, mm-hmm. here's a clip. Hashtag real DJs became you know kind of the battle cry of those of us that 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 really feel like you know we are uh, trying our best to preserve that culture, but that is such an ambiguous term everywhere now. So like everybody's using real DJs as what they perceive a real DJ as. So as one of the people who really pushes that, that hashtag out there, let me ask you this. What is a real DJ? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I spoke about that like I think a year ago in some interview. And I'm like, I, you know, I really just came to the realization that there is no such thing as a real DJ, you know, fucking thing. Like everybody takes what they see and what they like and, you know, what they think a real DJ is and they make it their own. You know? Like, I can't tell a 16-year-old DJ that like, a fucking marshmallow ain't a real DJ. 
No, 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 no. I got you. I got you. That's why I'm laughing because I'm like, I'm just taking a random Right, right, right. I can't tell a 16 year old that. I don't know whoever like I'm just trying to name people that I don't know so people don't think it's me <laughs> <laughs> you know so whoever it is I can't tell them that that's not really because they're just like well that's what we see when we go to the parties now we don't we don't go to the parties and see you know Q-Bird and fucking and a well they do see a track and shit uh, you know we don't go to the parties and see these other DJs that you grew up to and you thinking that was real DJ we see this at every single festival so that is DJ for us if you don't mind me asking, does that mean that you kind of renounce or don't follow that anymore, or do you just kind of stay quiet about it now because you don't want to stir the pot? Well, no, the thing is, like, when that, when that hashtag came up, and it was a track that came up with that thing, and then I used it on my video for New Sleeves, we were all feeling of a certain kind of way, just like you, you know, just like you said, um... You know, we were all kind of like trying to preserve this culture that we love so much, and like that we were looking, we were, we were seeing what was happening. And I, I mean, I was feeling pissed off. I was like, "How the fuck is fucking Pauly D making like three times the money I make? How the fuck is Paris Hilton up there like doing shit, and she's getting all this praise and being number one DJ?" And, you know what I mean? Like, I was just fed up, and I was just like, "Oh, I came up with that shit," and I was like, "All right, I'm showing what real DJ is to me." You yeah. Know what I mean? So that's what I did. I showed people what I thought real teaching was and the way that I did it with new slaves and that people just people went crazy with it, you know, thinking that I was telling everybody, yo, this is what real teaching is. I would go with the comments and I'm like, these people don't get what I just did. Like they're just They felt like you were coming up to them and, and pointing fingers at them and getting yeah, upset. They, they, I think they thought that that's what I that's what I said real teaching was. And I was like, no, I was just Using that hashtag as you know, trying to make people wake up. Like, yo, this is this is what real DJ is to me. You know, I don't force it into anybody's head anymore. I'm just like, look, man, you think that's real DJ? That's that's cool, but I'm over here now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you gotta follow what you follow. So I'm not gonna tell young kids what real DJ is. I'm gonna just show them. I, I love the way that clip ends. And if you couldn't hear it, he said, "I'm not gonna tell kids." what real DJing is, I'm just going to show them. Right. And that was such a good response, and I'm, I hate myself that that sound quality is so bad, because, I, I mean, that's just a great little sound bite, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it, I really I feel what he's saying there, you know, because right. we, we talk about that on the show all the time. Like, don't tell me what real DJing is. <laughs> well, right. And, and it, I mean, I'm so glad that we had that opportunity to talk to him, and I'm glad that we were able to salvage what we did out of that yeah. so that we were able to, to uh, publish that, because... You know, the hashtag real DJ thing is still a thing. Like mm-hmm. there are still people in, in my Facebook feed. I, I see on Instagram and all over, like, you know, the, you know, comment sections of DJ articles. They get hosed up about they, what a real they DJ do. is. Like, I mean, there are people that I know that don't even spin. They're, they're not even DJs at all. But like they are, you know, they've been in the scene long enough that, they, you know, it's ingrained in their brain. Oh, two uh, black discs. That's uh, real DJ. Yeah, or, that's or whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, vinyl only. I'm mm. only going to listen to DJ. Use a laptop. You're cheating. Uh, yeah, yeah, like all that kind of stuff. And you know, so for me, I I was really appreciative that you know that that conversation went the way that it did because here is somebody who is at the forefront of the hashtag real DJ thing along with his friend A Track, and yet he comes back with that pragmatism to say, look. 
you know, this is what DJing means to, to me, me. Yeah. and this is what it is to me. But he doesn't discredit like what DJing is for us, yeah. you know, because I can't scratch for shit. You know, I never have been able to. I, I, I can't. Tony, I know from hearsay that you are quite the wizard with uh, your scratch. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you don't do that during the techno sets that mm. I that I've, I've you know played alongside with you, you know, o- over the years. I don't do it out and about. I do it in, in like the confinements of a house party. Sure, or, or sure. But, you know. Does that make us any less of DJs? Because we're very different types of DJs mm-hmm. from DJ Craze. So in that interview, I was really appreciative that he was able to validate what DJing yeah. is for everybody, including us, and for and including you know the super mainstream, you know David Guetta's and, and yeah. Aoki's and all that stuff, and and you know to to that point uh, where you wrap that up, you know can't tell a 16 year old kid what DJing is or isn't all you can do is for the kid that comes in doesn't know Jack all you can do is show, show them, them what it is to you and then you know birds of a feather will flock together right the, and that's so, really what we're doing as DJs anyway right overall right 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 just sharing that perspective on music absolutely and he was so nice and accommodating and everything too it was yeah. really a, just a pleasure to talk to him yeah, and absolutely. That, that all spawned from a tweet yeah, <laughs> right, you know, I right. replied to something that he tweeted about from the passionate DJ account and said we would love to talk to you about this, and he was like, "Okay." Is, I, I think his response was, "All right." Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, normally and, 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 and everybody was like, "What?" That is somebody yeah. I definitely want to bring back. To yeah, yeah. I mean, normally we work some angle, or there's some emails exchanged, or we work with a, an artist that's coming close by, or something like that. And this was just like he was like totally down, which right. I thought was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because um, uh, Trip, you did direct support for him when he was here. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, and, I would, I would love for him to come back, man. He was a his show too. Like when he came to Dayton, it yeah. was just so fun. He couldn't, he he, was, he couldn't believe it. As most DJs that come to the town can't believe a town that they've really never heard of, and them not having to place like super mainstream music that everybody knows, all like like underground or their new digs or anything like that. And the crowd responds to it, goes off, loves it, and just rages out and. They just can't believe that they can do that in a it's a small town like this. And you know what I love about Craze too, and this really came out at that show was he's he's so raw and real and human when he's when he's playing. Mm-hmm. So like he you know he embraces technology, he plays on tractor, and he does you know he does loops and samples, does all this stuff, but then he does all this hands on record touching and stuff. And if he messes up, he just laughs. Or something, yeah, and everybody cheers, like, yeah. and yeah. we move on. He's you know, like, and fuck it, my bad. He got on the microphone. He's like, "Guys, I'm sorry, I'm fucking drunk. I'm gonna start that routine over." Yeah. <laughs> and then he did, and everybody was like, "Yeah!" And just because he was so happy-go-lucky and fun right. about it, right. it, it totally worked. You know, yeah. and just sucked us all in, and that that was cool, no doubt. Um, another great interview that we had, thanks to uh, you, Trip, was the uh, mixed and key mm-hmm. interview. Yeah. Which was which was such a, a a crazy weird happenstance happenstance yeah. thing. I, so I when I switched over to the Mac platform by buying the uh, a MacBook, I had to get another download because I had to get the Mac version of it. Yeah, but at, like. From the way Mixed and Keys website is, it's like you don't just log into your account and download the new version. Like you have to email them to get a download link. So yeah, so I emailed them and I was like, "Hey, uh, switching platforms, can I get a new download?" And okay, yeah, sure, here you go. Hey, 
I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of this? And then through some email exchanges, yeah, I was able yeah. to... Um, James the, was great to talk to as well. Yeah, James Aru- nice. Arujo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Even though his cat tried to sabotage our interview. <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah. good one. Yeah, the cat uh, disconnected his router in the middle of our Skype call. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that was that was really cool because, like, uh, uh, Yakov is uh, yep. the, uh, the owner... Um, so through some email exchanges, we were able to get all of the, um, all of the approvals together and came up with, uh, uh, what I thought was a really solid interview. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. Let me play a quick clip here. And I still find huge benefit in mixed and key myself, even though I have a history with an instrument because, um, it just, because it is so speedy, especially with paired with the, the Camelot system. And now, yeah. you know, I so I before I came over here, I tested this with a, a playlist of like 250 songs. It was like 1.2 days worth of music. It took almost exactly 10 minutes to analyze all that, which I thought was pretty good. Right. That's on my five-year-old MacBook. So, um, and I just I suddenly had all these tags, and I just started grabbing them. Like, okay, I know this one's compatible, and this one's compatible. I didn't even look at the titles. I just similar bpm similar yeah, key let's try it and it was i was amazed at what came out without trying too hard you know well, it's interesting because when mixing key started that was actually the point like that yakov discovered he was a dj back then as well and he was noticing a lot of djs that were trying to mix like harmonically and they were using the keyboard to detect the key mm-hmm. you know so they would like take a lot of time sometimes you know to try and detect the key when they could be doing other stuff, you know, like yeah. using effects or whatever, you know. That's how so, I used uh, to that's it. how that's how the idea came of building mixing key, you know, having the software that could do that automatically for you. So it, it's pretty awesome. It was a really exciting interview for me because I uh, I grew up into DJing knowing about mixed and key, if that makes sense. Sure, you know, sure. This is like talking to the person who designed Tractor or something to me, you know, because <laughs> right, right. I've always known about that from day one. So like when you were like, yeah, we landed an interview with mixed and key. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. When you so said that cool. too, I was like, really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what was really cool about that is that they not only went into the history of what, uh, how mixed and key came, came about, went into some of the technology, but then they also went into a bunch of their other products too. Yep, yeah. So we've talked about platinum notes and, and, and Odyssey. stuff like that and Odyssey. Well, um, just to, uh, throw, uh, throw this out there. They talked about what was in the future was a version of Odyssey that would work within your digital audio workstation. Well, that has been released and it's called captain hooks. And it's re- or, uh, uh, captain. There's captain cords, captain hooks. Uh, there, there's a, a, a. It's captain plugins. Is gotcha. Okay. Uh, what it is, but there's different uh, like sec- sections to it. And um, so, what you can do now is within your DAW, you can load this captain plugins uh, plugin. <laughs> but. Uh, and then you can use an Odyssey-like scratch pad with built-in uh, sounds or your own VSTs or what or you know whatever that you've got plugged into it, and you can write your chord progressions in this thing. Export the MIDI directly in your DAW. So, like how Odyssey worked was, it was a scratch pad that was its own standalone program. 
Well, now this thing works within your DAW. You're right there. You go ahead and you, you bang out your chord progression, and then you export it, and then all the MIDI is right there. And then you can use that anywhere else within. You can use their sounds. You can use your own. You can uh, all of that nice. stuff. I've played around with it a little bit. It is pretty dope. Like <laughs> I, I went from from a blank canvas to about an eight bar loop in an hour. Like, and I mean, we're not just talking like, you know, that was me spending that much time, you know, coming up with a chord progression, making tweaks to the MIDI and then putting together a drum loop, uh, a bass section, uh, uh, a little bit of a melody, like, uh, you know, doing some fills and all of that stuff, like all of that within an hour. Was that the one you were playing earlier? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like like super quick time saver because before with Odyssey, like you could do all of that within the program itself, but I very rarely used, you know, the different sections, you know, for mm. like drums and all melody and like the main thing I used it for was to put together chord progressions and stuff. But then you still have to export that MIDI, then fire up your DAW and then import that MIDI. Yeah. So like just the time savings alone and just being able to bang that idea out, right there and then it, it that takes away like one of my old music theory hacks is that i've got you know however many midi uh tracks already built into my ableton where it's like all the scales with all of the chords and forced it, into it, a certain right key. so uh so i was able to delete all of that and now i just use the, this captain plugins oh, thing okay. it's um if you're already uh an owner of uh, mixed in key, I think it's only like fifty bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's nice. super affordable. Like I said, it, it it was it was pretty slick for me. So uh, kudos to mixed in key for sure. Mister Dingo, you See, had some adventures this summer as well. Yes, and I did. You went to Jamaica. Yes, and, I did. And why did you go to Jamaica? It was Grandma's ninety ninth birthday. And so you kind of like traveled around and immersed yourself in the music and stuff. Yeah, I was there for about 10 days and uh, half of it was uh, out in, you know, like Jamaica, like off resort and stuff like that. And the other half was at a resort and ran into several DJs while I was there. Uh, one thing I think I'd mention in here is that uh, all the DJs that I met were playing outdoors. So they were mobile-ish DJs. But the one I did the interview with, DJ Crazy, not to be confused with DJ Craze, uh, was actually at uh, the DJ at the resort I was staying at. And we had a little chat and he just kind of gave us some background in episode 107 about the roles of DJs and uh, how they do things a little bit differently. But in this little clip here, he kind of talks about something that we always talk about is about DJing for a service versus DJing as an art form. Okay, so you said you also DJ outside of the resort as well? Yeah, I DJ outside the resort when I have the time. You know, when I have the time, like on my day off on Sundays, I will go outside and I will DJ like on the beach, you know, I would just do like a club, a venue, a program for weddings or anything like that when I have the time, but that's it. Okay, so you, so you also so you provide uh, services here at the resort you know, as a DJ, but then you also take the time to DJ from your heart and, and, and the passion that you see in music. Yes, de- definitely. You, ha- you have to do that, you know. If you love something, you have to practice your art too, you know. Your craft is very important. So when I do get the time... I just go outside and I do my craft, you know. I come back here and same thing. So, so you, do, you, you, you DJ from your heart outside the resort, but you come here and you pay the bills essentially. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's, that's, that's more like it. 
more like it. But from once you love what you do, it becomes natural. Okay. Comes natural. Yeah, and I could really tell that last night that um, I could tell you were a true uh, artist by how you were mixing and you were doing a lot of drop mixing last night. And I was really impressed with that. And you, he wasn't using sync, folks, so that was another thing that was pretty impressive. But um, I could also tell that his um, his talents were a little wasted on some of the folks here last night. I mean, granted they were dancing and everything, but I could tell that Crazy has a lot more skills than he was showing off last night. So big props to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that kind of goes to my my life as a DJ where, you know, I love doing the CrossFit stuff. I love doing the stuff at therapy, but I've also do numerous corporate gigs and weddings where I'm playing top 40 stuff. And I kind of inject a little bit of myself into those mixes, but I can't go to a wedding where it's like a country theme and start dropping some drum and bass. Right, right. Yeah, so um, you have to change identities a lot as correct. a DJ, right? Like every, every show's a little different. Every show's a little bit different. Just like uh, I've done three holiday parties in the uh, in this month and the first one was one for like a younger crowd so i'm dropping all this trap and just ratchet music and everything and all the young kids are loving it and the last one uh, i did was for more of a corporate crowd so it's more like your traditional uh, bing crosby and it was the same one i did last year where i told you about the um where they have the the, the gift wrapped in the saran wrap and they have to all oh, rip it apart yeah yeah <laughs> so um Got a little crazy with that piece, but then again, you know, these are like, you know, a little bit older crowd, so you know, playing more conservative things, you know, the just the stuff you would hear on a normal Christmas CD. But you know, right. they they were gracious enough to pay me to do it, so I did it. Hell and, yeah! And then even going back to like the weddings, you know, depending on who's getting married, you know, like I had that one wedding with the crotchety old people that I talked about that wanted mm -hmm. me to play like you know all their old music just for them when it was i was playing music for the, for the couple the couple right. that asked me to play like certain types of music so yeah i do wear multiple styles of dj hats but even when i'm doing this stuff as a service i still try and drop a little dingo in there mm. you know and make it a little bit interesting and so i still don't feel like i'm completely losing my soul when i don't play what it is i want to play sure so so that was kind of that was Mo Dingo's uh, side episode. I did a similar one, um, which was the digging for bedrock, and that was one where I, you know, I just kind of went off to the side with a buddy and re and recorded one out outside a studio, and uh, talked about the progressive house, dark, tribal, trancey, bedrocky, platypus, that whole era of music, right. and and just kind of dove into that. And so I wanted to play a quick clip from that, just because it's uh, it was one of my favorite moments to record what does it for you as as a dj like when you're when you're playing what do you what are you what are your goals since you're not playing for a crowd you don't care necessarily about promoting yourself because we have a lot of people in our audience who are the exact same way they're just bedroom djs or they record mixes for their own consumption or whatever so, what what makes it click for you it's interesting that you asked me that because i'm going to bring this right back to where we started with okay. regards to John Digweed specifically, uh, the Bedrock album, the earlier Global Underground albums. When I would mix, I, I would I would mix to record, I would record mixes and, and, and shoot to create something, create an album, create a mix album. And my goal was twofold. Number one, laser precision mixing, because that's mm -hmm. what I heard. That's what... And I, you and I have talked about this, but that's what I heard on these mixes, not realizing at the time that they didn't accomplish that with two turntables and a mixer. There was software involved. But I didn't know that then. 
you know, so then and really up to the point where I, I really stopped uh, playing, except when I would come over to your house. <clears throat> My goal was just the, the absolute laser precision of mixing one song into another because there's numerous, numerous mixes in these albums where unless you know the songs front to back, in and out, you don't know where one starts and, and the other stops. And to me, that was that was the most fascinating musically. You know, that was the most fascinating element of DJ mixing was the flawless transition from one song to another. The other thing was just uh, on these albums, particularly the ones that that uh, I've brought examples of, um, the flow. You know, the 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 story that's told, the way that it, you know, it starts out and then builds and then you know, ends up somewhere. Right. The journey. So that was our good friend, Tommy, uh, FKA DJ gunner. And, uh, the reason I brought in that particular clip was because, uh, you know, we got a, a lot of positive feedback on that episode. A lot yeah. of people really liked the, uh, kind of rough and raw, just digging into the style of music kind of format right but a lot of people commented about that in particular about what he was talking about the laser precision mixing of sasha and digweed and the uh kind of how a track will sneak up on you and you don't know it's there until it's there a lot of people seem to resonate with that i gotta tell you like one of the things that really resonated with me is is what he was saying about um the laser precision and aspiring to that yeah because like one of the hardest things there is back in that time, like if you didn't know that these mixes were being put together with, you know, software and then post-production and all of that stuff, by the time you get it and unwrap it and you put it in the CD player, you know, all you hear is that laser precision. And you're like, man, how do they do that? <laughs> how do they do that? If you don't know that, then that's what you're going to aspire to. And if that's what you aspire to, I'm telling you, I know that feeling. And there are countless hours, countless hours that probably add up into days and weeks (laughs) that I spent behind the decks with my records aspiring to that level of precision. Just mixing the same records over and over and over and over and over and over and you get the picture. And and thus we have the the salty DJ about the sync button. Sure. Not you, but in general. general, That's why people get kind of amped up about it. It's like, man, I put in so much work work, trying to do what's automated now. Right, right. (laughs) And and you know what I mean? There's... to me, there's a certain amount of justification to that feeling because sure. it, it when you do put in that much work and then to, for somebody to just come along and push a button, right? Like yeah. th- th- that does evoke that kind of feeling. But, you know, for me, I'm more thankful. Like I, I don't really use the sync button still. Like I, I've, I've mentioned that before. I've, I've used it before, but I still don't use it that much. What I do use are the tools that are on the screens, yeah. So like, you know, when I pull up tracks, I can see what the BPM yeah, is. Like I can yeah. see yeah. the waveform where the, where, yeah. yeah, I can see all of this stuff. Like, it's not like I'm putting pieces of masking tape on my laptop screen <laughs> or on the CDJs, right? Like yeah. we, I mean, whether you use the button or whether you use whatever the tools are that are available to you, they're there. And, you know, so for me, I'm thankful for it. Like, because of all of those hours that I put in, not only do I know what it's supposed to sound like, 
But now I don't have to like work as hard to yeah. get that. You know, yeah. I can focus that energy on something else to make my sets a little bit different. Now, are there people that, you know, I mean, we've, we've beaten this into the ground. Are there people that abuse it? Absolutely. But for those of us that don't and, and actually, you know, continue to put some sort of effort into everything, like, I, I don't know. But as far as that, that particular episode, I, that, that whole thing just totally resonated with me when he was talking about that laser precision and the music itself, like, uh, you know, when you started naming off all those labels, I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, all of that. Yes. And again, that's the reason why I got into yeah. electronic music with Sasha and Digweed and the laser precision mixing. Right. Like you couldn't tell where they were coming or going, but they were telling the best story, the best, yeah, like everything. And you, it was just. Yeah, and a lot of times with them, you don't even realize if you're not paying attention, you don't realize that they went into another track mm -hmm. until they're like way into it, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's oh, a different yeah. song." Yeah, yeah, and and it can't be understated that uh, track selection and um, uh, like harmonic mixing, harmonic mixing also plays yeah. a huge role in that. Yeah, uh, sneaking up on you. Absolutely. Effect. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> uh, Trip, did you have a couple clips for us? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> He says uh, commercial gig type DJs that uh, sing along with the music on the mic. <laughs> I was on vacation <laughs> a couple years ago and the oh, DJ good. at the pool thought we were there to see him mm. and he was on the mic for two hours straight oh, emceeing no. everything he was playing yes. and it took me everything <laughs> to not drag him into the pool with me and hold him down to the bubble stop. It was driving me nuts. Oh, chalk nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> the bubble stop. I, I, I can even hear the pain and I can remember that. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, that it, pain it, was real. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That, I mean, that whole episode was, was so much fun Yeah, because it was, it, it totally plays into that old curmudgeon in all of us. Right. Like the, <laughs> just like episode 96 pet peeve. Right. I mean, it, it's one of those things that, you know, for as pragmatic and forward thinking as we all you know, try, try to, be to be and try to support each other to be, but like there are, there are just some of those things that just really gets your goat. Right. Yeah. And that's one. that was yeah. one of the ones that I picked out of that one because like <laughs> you could tell Mo was ready to hold somebody under the water <laughs> until the bubbles stopped. Yeah. Like you're right though. It was nice to have one episode where we're like, Oh, we're just going to say it all. <laughs> just like, Let it out. <laughs> just get it out. of my <laughs> Um, wasn't that the same episode that uh, what 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 was the one that I had? Oh, oh you're like the, the one more guy. Oh yeah, let yeah, me get one more. one more guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just one more. It's eleven oh three. Get the fuck off the deck. <laughs> yeah, the just one more guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me get just one more, or the guy who just can't or, or the the dj that just can't seem to tell time yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it's 1103 p.m get the fuck off <laughs> you know one bra yeah that that was that that was a, a really really fun episode yeah. like and I, and I get that it's not like exactly the most positive or you know like you know but but it was it it's was funny because for me one of mine the i was the opposite of the one more guy it's the uh 
I don't have any more music guy. Can you can you start early? Yeah, because <laughs> right, yeah. right. I've had that happen a couple times. I'm like, start early. What do you, what do you, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> you you were booked for this, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you 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 had time to, to prepare. Did you get for, did you forget to carry a one or something, bro? What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. When I was going through our catalog for the year, one of the themes that kind of came up a couple of times was uh, the human element. Um, mm-hmm. So in the next clip, that's that that was uh, something that we were talking about. And this was actually a follow or I don't want to call it a follow up, but it was another topic that stemmed from a previous topic. So we were reaching back mm. to other clips for this episode and it was kind of cool because like as we were reaching back and talking and uh you know we were kind of repeating ourselves from a, a previous one except for david who kind of comes along and says eh. i disagree with you right yeah <laughs> so okay. uh, the, uh this is episode 103 will robots take our jobs the the human has a if you want to call it intuition or um I don't mean that in kind of a woo way, but they, they have a feeling about what might and might not work in a particular situation. Right. And especially if that DJ is really in tune with that dance floor venue um, region, even. Right, right. Um, so that being said... I was going to say, I feel a devil's advocate coming yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I actually disagree with a lot of what you guys said. Okay. As far That's as it, I'm packing my as, shit. <laughs> as far as it relates to basically everything that you said that follows, computers will never be able to X. Mm. I disagree uh, with almost all of those statements that we had now and in that last episode because I I think we underestimate how good that they're going to get. I I I can concede that because only because. I, I I hate always and never, right? Like, because yeah. if you all Absolutely. if you always say yeah. always and never, or if you if you subscribe subscribe to some kind of binary thought like that, then yeah, it, it totally takes that out of the equation. And because we we got to realize we're we're spending time right now talking about AI, but there's another element here, and that's data. Mm. And if you have a, a an intelligent system pool, yeah. with a big data pool that says, oh, your trip Turlington. And at the last 10 shows, here's what you reacted to. Right. And in, you know, back in 2021, there was this moment where where uh, the music changed to drum and bass and you just flipped out. And that happened to like 15 other people in the room. Mm. So this mm. is probably a good time to do something like that. Mm. I think that the that the AI and the data set is going to get that scary. Well, and... I think we should accept that that's going to happen. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Be- I mean, because we're already starting to see some of that, yeah. right? I mean, we've got AI that can create motivational posters, albeit <laughs> <laughs> pretty scary. Um, so, what I was, what I, what really captured that for me? I mean, because I'm a tech guy, it's 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 you know where I'm at, you know, professionally, and and you know, it's an area of interest for me, and um, you know, we we've bounced around that that subject quite a bit on mm-hmm. this show where we say you know what's the difference between ai the data analytics and the human element like and and what what role is it all going to play like you know none of us have a, a crystal ball we're not cr- clairvoyant or anything but you know it, it is an interesting thing to kind of 
talk about and dance around and, and, and kind of banter back and forth about because as staunch as I thought I was in some of that, and I even said, I feel a devil's advocate yeah. coming on. <laughs> and then it's almost like, as you said it, I was like, why am I not thinking like that? Like, why did I get myself so wrapped up in this? Yeah. Because, yeah, currently, you know, our AI is not a, a, a replacement for a human, but we do live in a very big data analytical society now. And for us to be sitting here saying that a computer will never be able to X, Y, or Z drive a car by itself. Right, right. (laughs) You know, so, uh, that, that particular episode, like I said, was the second or third throughout the year where we kept coming back to that, that theme. And I thought, you know, that that's a really cool thing for us to keep coming back to because it forces us to kind of, revisit our thoughts yeah be honest with ourselves about what's really happening in the industry and what what we're doing here right 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 (laughs) yeah Yeah. because i actually even had a point from that same episode and i think this is a piece that dave and i talked about when we were discussing the topic is that you know a computer is very linear you know it'll do a and b but where a dj has the capacity to take risks i don't know if a computer can even if you program it in Will it be an appropriate risk? And I know like one of the things I talked about a long time ago when I was still a listener, we were talking about intelligent DJing, like knowing like, can I drop this old school hip hop track in the middle of this drum and bass crowd? Right. You know, or can I, you know, lay out this house track, you know, or I think you, I think Trip, you talked about it uh, doing like some halftime drum and bass, you know, with a hip hop crowd. Right. You know, you obviously experienced the inverse when you were at a hip hop club playing Playing house house yeah (laughs) well and and so like you know when when software is being written like that it wouldn't take those risks because you know back to my supply chain management example you know there's some product out here that everybody is going nuts over but it's brand new there's no history behind it there's nothing that any that tells this computer that this is actually something that we want to bring in and start calculating we need more of it yeah yeah and i think the part where you're talking about using the data might be able to overcome some of that stuff but i think we we there was one article that somebody pulled up in a few episodes ago where there was a club somewhere in europe that actually had no dj it was a computer doing everything Mm. and i think some of the feedback they said is like some of the selections were weird and the transitions were kind of odd the data i feel would have to read the crowd and the dj though right because if you have a hundred people in there that be amazed what you can do with data yeah, <laughs> if you have enough of it whatever it is just saying but it would have to read the crowd that's in there knowing their likes their wants as well as what the dj played before and the data from the dj himself right Th- theoretically it depends on what how granular you're getting with it i mean you could right. say hey this is a whole group of people from the midwest and here's what we've been doing in the midwest or yeah. you know, with within a might not a, be as precise yeah within but, a particular demographic yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know males and females between a certain age group and you yeah. know uh income level or whatever um you know the the computer can take some guesses based off of that but yeah, it'll read all of our Apple watches or right, whatever. What and say, is at some point, then it <laughs> our would, retina, our, yeah, our retina, yeah. right, <laughs> all the right. chips in our foreheads. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So then the, uh, another one that I, I thought was, uh, a lot of fun and an interesting topic for us to go off of was this 10 years ago thing that you came up with. Mm. Um, 
I was interested to me, it was odd that some of those things were 10 years ago. 10 years yeah. ago. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so that's episode 113, and we, we aptly named it 10 years ago. You know, 2007 was when the the Electro House thing was mm. really picking up steam. So Yeah, it was. Um, speaking of Dead Mouse, he is on the list here at uh, number one. Oh, I, I bet you I already know. Well, it's a... It's a re- he remixed a track. Oh, well, then I definitely know which one it is. Yeah. It's a uh, Buru Funk. Yep. Uh or uh yeah, Community Funk. Yep. Yep. It was the uh, by me. Nailed it. That was <laughs> that track was so huge. And and you know for for Dead Mouse like like yeah, Electro House was like already like picking up at that point, but like I wouldn't go as far as to call that track Electro House. Like it was, we would probably call it Tech House today. Yeah, but like just you know, there was something in Dead Mouse's like oh, it's the sound design. I think yeah, like there there was something within the sound design and the arrangement and and just everything. Just there was something that he had at that point that was just unlike what everybody else was doing because yeah you could mix that track in with a tech house you know or or an electro house or whatever and it worked but it didn't sound like anything else that you were mixing it with I was so sad that uh, Tony and Mo weren't there for that one. Exactly. That, that episode was so fun. I can't yeah. wait to do it again. And actually, after this episode, we can do that again anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Ten yeah. years ago again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing you guys mentioned on there that I didn't realize Daft Punk had been around that long, but I started thinking about it and I was like, I guess they have. Daft Punk? Yeah. Oh, they've been around. But, oh, no, yeah. but, but no, but I think even further back, like when I was stationed in Japan back in 95, that's the first time I heard that around the world. And I was like, yeah. damn. Was that long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and, and that would. Uh, I remember that, the Wyclef Jean version of that too. Didn't they come out with like a rappy Wyclef Jean version? Yeah, was remixed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it it really was like one of those episodes where you're like, "Holy crap, that was ten years ago!" And yeah. you're you're like in both directions, right? Yeah. Like, wow, it it's only been it's or, only been ten yeah. years, and then wow, it's been <laughs> it's over been ten years. Yeah. yeah. So it. Especially like when you think about how prevalent Electro House was at that time. Yeah. Because it wasn't long after that. Over the course of the next two years was when dubstep really started yep. to sweep through, you know, the states and especially here through the Midwest. By twenty ten, nobody even cared about Electro House anymore. Like yeah. two thousand nine, two thousand ten, it was all but gone. You hardly know? even hear the term anymore. Right. And that was right. like all you heard about for for a hot minute there. Yeah. If you hear it anymore, it's more in terms of like complexstro and, and yeah. stuff like that. But like it's, so it, it was a really fun episode, especially because when you're talking about somebody who is as huge as <laughs> dead mouse yeah. and he wasn't even in the top 10, like superstar DJs for yeah. that year, you yeah. know? So like, yeah, when you guys are going over the charts, that was like the eye opener for me. Right, I was like, right. wow. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun to, I think, as we, especially as we keep looking back 10 years, you know, it, God willing that we're still doing this 10 years from now to look back 10 years <laughs> on ourselves. Like <laughs> Apple Watch was a thing, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> whatever. They were still using laptops back then. That's right. adorable. Right. They drove themselves to gigs. Aw. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we're coming to the end of the show. Coming up after this segment, we're going to talk about the couple of things that we launched this year and just talk about a little bit of speculation and goals personally and for Passionate DJ and for Three Dimensional and just figure out what 2018 is going to be about right after this. Hey guys, this is uh, Dubmaster Blue Bear calling in from Canada and uh, wanted to wish you guys a wonderful and happy new year. David and the gang, you've done a wonderful job with this podcast and you've uh, you've really helped many a morning commute for me <laughs> stuck in traffic. Um, and uh, it's been great to, to be part of the uh, Ambassador uh, program you guys have, uh, have started there and uh, you've started a really great little community there. So thank you very much and uh, uh, may this new year bring, uh, bring even more wonderful podcasts for me to listen to in the traffic in the morning and at night. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep on spinning. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. It's good to hear from you. How's it going? It's going great. And, you know, it, it wouldn't be a uh, New Year special if we didn't check in with Kilma. So we wanted to see how you were doing. I know it's been an extremely busy year for you. I've been watching yeah. kind of here from the social media side and everything. And what have you been up to this year? Yeah. So besides taking care of a tiny human, I went full force into my production game. After the summer, I'd saved quite a bit of money from one of my regular DJ gigs and just invested it all back into my studio. And then I got really committed and just stuck my head into it. So now I'm just making music all the time. I feel like I'm constantly learning new stuff. Um, I'm also keeping up with the vlogs on the YouTube channel. So that's been uh, really wonderful because it's kind of my way to still connect with the outside world, even though I can feel really isolated at home at times. So <laughs> it's been a remarkably productive year considering. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, I'm watching here looking through the window of the internet, but I see you and you have this new baby and you have all these things going on and all this family life and then you're still just cranking out all these great YouTube videos. I've been watching them. Kilma, they're awesome. Awesome, been, uh, thank you. I was checking out your SoundCloud earlier today and you've been making some really cool like techno and dirty house tracks and I've been really digging it. How are you uh -huh. how are you finding the time to, to just crush it like that? I am I'm making time for it. Um, I'm you know it's so interesting. You have you know, all these responsibilities, you have children, a job, what have you. And suddenly, you know, ever since my son was born, I find myself using my time more efficiently because when I am with him, it takes me an hour to do something that could take me five minutes. So when <laughs> I do, <laughs> when I do have that time to myself, it's just like, I get I'm exhilarated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can get so much done right now. And I just start hammering stuff out. So having a partner that fully supports me that, you know, gets my son out of the house so that I can have these creative uh, production sessions without distraction. And that's another thing. When you're being more efficient with your time, I find that 
things like scrolling on Facebook or watching Netflix for five hours. It's just not going to happen because you're choosing to spend your time more wisely because you know you only have so much time. So I find myself really utilizing what spare quote unquote time I have to dive back into the things that I'm passionate about that bring me a lot of joy and potentially move the needle in my career. So it sounds like limitations of time that have been imposed upon you have caused you to become a lot more efficient with that time and somehow you're coming ahead out of this game. That's just, it's incredibly impressive to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's, I don't know, I guess it's just one of those experiences where once you're in it, you realize, wow, I did not utilize the time I did have. <laughs> it took this experience to realize that I can. I think it's a lesson that we all need to, to learn. You know, we all tend to say we don't have time for this and we don't have the, uh, you know, free cycles to do that. But if you can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I'm sitting here watching and I know the rigors of raising a newborn and all these things that you're doing. And it looks like you've got some, uh, some new gigs this year as well. I had the residency over the summer months at uh, a fancy little patio um, in our, what we call Little Italy, uh, our cordon area. Okay. Um, and I've just been taking random gigs here and there since then. Um, actually, tonight I'm playing for Aquila and uh, one of the women in that duo has two children and wow. she is quite the inspiration again producing music doing these live performing sets traveling all over the place and still being there for her kids so i'm definitely finding my little family tribe of artists that are also you know trying to run their passion while integrating their family life and what have you so it's nice having like-minded people that are experiencing something even more intense than you. Kilma, I'm mindful of your time and I don't want to take too much of it up, but if you just have a few more moments, I'm wondering if there are any special lessons that you've learned in the past year or any special experiences, anything that you want to share about 2017 or maybe any goals that you have going into the next year. For 2017, I feel like being the change you want to see in this world is so important. And when you have tiny humans, it's that much more of motivation to show through your actions as opposed to just telling, you know, your children or people around you who you think that they should be. Like just be that example and learn all that you can. I, I swear this year I've learned so much about myself, my body, my health, my abilities simply through asking questions and just diving into the rabbit hole that is <laughs> the world that makes me sound like I'm currently wearing a tinfoil hat, but <laughs> it's just so incredible what we don't know about ourselves. And um, spending the time to learn more about that can really help us in our career and our family life. And for 2018, I do have some labels that I really, really, really want to release on. My goal is to intrigue those labels into taking on some of my material. Um, and then of course, just learning more about my passion, about production and how to be a better human being in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thilma, you're an inspiration to all of us, and I wanted to say, coming from uh, Stacy and I to your family, we wanted to wish you a happy holidays and a happy new year, and also on behalf of Tony Tripp and Mo, we all just appreciate uh, everything that you put together and everything that you're doing, and we wish you only the best in 2018, my friend. Thank you so much, and thank you for all that you guys do, because it is quite apparent how hard you're working, and the work that you're putting out there is for the masses like it's it's very selfless to be constantly putting out that content it helps so many artists and i've been following you guys for well you especially for quite some time so it's an absolute honor to be even just a small part of this so thank you you've been around since almost the beginning and i think that you and i share a lot of similar thoughts on a lot of things that are going on in the scene and um it's been way too long since you've been on the show and that's my fault for uh, my blunder and getting proper setup for episode 100 when you were supposed to be on with us so i apologize for that and maybe in the next few months you and i can uh, collaborate and talk about a good topic to put together a full show on again what do you say we will make it happen that sounds awesome bye <laughs> bye Folks listening at home, if you would like to check out more of Kilma's music, such as what you're hearing in the background right now, please visit our show notes page for this episode at passionatedj.com forward slash 124 and check out the link to Kilma's SoundCloud. So things that happened uh, this year as far as launches, we finally launched the merch store and the overall uh, store on passionatedj.com. So you can buy logo merch, uh, you know, t-shirts, hoodies, that kind of thing. And then we have some custom designs that have to do with DJing and DJ culture. So definitely check that out at passionatedj.com forward slash merch. Um, or if you actually check out the entire store, you can actually do your shopping for DJ gear, uh, accessories, turntables, all that kind of fun stuff right there on PassionateDJ.com, and it helps us out. Woo! Uh, the other thing we launched was the Ambassador Program. Yes, we did. Now, that's been a huge theme this year. Um, Mo, first of all, just thank you for everything that you're doing for uh, getting that launched and off the ground. We well, had I'm just a, glad I didn't get fired over that. Not, well, not yet. No, it's it's been awesome, man. It's uh, you know we kind of used episode 100 as a, a jumping off point. Yeah, you know we had a lot of people in the room who were already our super dedicated, you know, down down people. for the cause, and, folks. Yeah, yeah. So we we have a nice little group now of people who are really helping us out, and not only that, but you know it's just fun to talk to. Um, one of the guys, Greg, sent us stickers the other day for his podcast, yes. and it's just been really fun to uh, to get to know these people, and I think. Um, you know, we're taking the first couple of weeks of the year off from publishing schedule, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stop working. <laughs> we're going to be busy planning and, and things, and I think that, Mo, we'll probably be having some conversations on what's going to happen with the Ambassadors in 2018. And Yeah, and the cool part about stuff. that is they've given a ton of feedback mm -hmm. and suggestions on how to tighten this up. They bring in voicemails yeah. and questions and topic ideas, and yeah, it's been awesome. And we have a lot of traffic going through our Slack channels where um, a lot of times... I think you and I just sort of sit back and, and listen and watch what they're talking about and, and extract information from there. But more to come on that. You know, we're going to try and make it, you know, the, the, this was our very, our test season, our beta season. So we figured out some things, some shortcomings. and um, but, but like I said, at the same time, the ambassadors, they're really doing a tremendous job helping us build this for a better tomorrow. 
Yeah. So thank you guys. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for for everything that you've done for the show and the brand. And we do have a small gift on the way. We were hoping to have ready by Christmas, but I don't think it's going to happen. So yeah, David's sweatshop we'll, got a little backed up. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we have a small gift going out to you guys, and we're looking forward to really hitting the ground running in 2018 with ambassador stuff and helping to really just elevate this whole thing and and have a lot of fun doing it. Yes. It's cool to see them all engaged. Yeah, they're, they've all been very engaged, very chatty. It's, it's I like cool. when we do the video conferences. Those are pretty cool, yeah. too. Just hear all that crosstalk. Right. I haven't yeah. been a part of one of those yet. I haven't, well, you've like, been, you, you were jobbing the whole yeah, time, yeah. every time we had one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to actually talk to some of these guys and girls. So does anybody have any speculation just like industry-wise for 2018? Any gear expectations? Anything you think is going to happen overall in the scene? Is it going to blow up? Is it going to wind down? Uh, any thoughts? I figure we'll probably see. Some, we've got to see something new in the tractor arena. I would assume I was everybody's about to say everybody's ready for, for Tractor Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah. finally fixed the thing with the um, with the sample decks. The, yeah, because oh, that was driving me nuts. So if you've never used the sample decks on Tractor, when they did the last update, it wasn't allowing you to save your sample sets correctly, like. Like you can have up to, I use the F1, so you can hold up 64 samples in, in a sample in a sample set. But when you would save it, like some of them would fall off. So what happened actually during the entire football season is I just wouldn't shut the program down. <laughs> that was the only way I could maintain my sanity God. and not drink as much, <laughs> as much. Um, because it's as easy as it is to do that every Friday was a huge pain in the ass. So thankfully they fixed that piece, but... Um, yeah, I, I think everybody, the community as a whole, that are Tractorians are were kind of two steps short of torches and pitchforks <laughs> at the headquarters you know, at, tra- at Native Instruments headquarters. Tractorians, I like it. I'm gonna I, use I, that. No, I, I, can't, I can't take credit for that. I, I got that from <laughs> I think the Tractor Users Group <laughs> nice. on Facebook. What's the, so it's Sir. Serotonin. Serotonin. Wait, that's. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys think SoundCloud will survive 2018? Um, I, as we've talked about before, I think I think it'll survive. I just don't think it's going to continue to be what we think. Yeah. Or what we think of today as SoundCloud. I think it's it's going to have to go undergo some serious overhauls and changes i think if the plug was getting pulled it would have happened yes in the last couple of months somebody somewhere had to do an roi analysis right and and that's why the people who were in charge are no longer in charge and new people are in charge and um you know when when those kinds of uh takeovers happen you know it's usually for a reason and it's usually for a directional change so Mm -hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but uh, it, it, you know, the crystal ball is way too cloudy yeah, around. If it's that going right in now. that direction of the email that I got with it becoming a, a player, I think it will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like another Pandora or Spotify. Or it's just iTunes. the question is, can they compete with those, you know, Spotify and Apple Music's of the world? When uh, you keep hearing about like Spotify is like the biggest music streaming music service ever with blah 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 revenue and still not turning a profit. I was like, that's all I, I read over and over no, again. And Pandora is the same way. Yeah. They're not making anything, but I think a lot of that has to do with they're having to pay the royalties for the music because yeah. there's like some muddy area with the legalese in terms of what they have to pay because of how the music is is sourced. Which is why you hear a lot of live versions and covers and shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Play right. Pandora as opposed to Spotify. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
there's a, I think I've mentioned it on, uh, I think I mentioned it uh, in an earlier episode, but there's a, a new website out called track Live, which is oh, yeah. A, yeah, a, another neat thing that, you know, I, I won't go into too many details, but it, it, because the, the, the fee structure is a little convoluted or confusing, at least on the surface. But um, I'm hoping to see more innovation like that, where, Okay, we have this problem of cleared samples and being able to give creators the ability to make things out of these samples, you know, as sample culture has gone without locking these people up or, you know, hitting them <laughs> with super fines and cease and desist orders and all of that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a compromise somewhere. Right. So I'm really hoping to continue to see some people at least come to the forefront and say, okay, Let's bridge this gap between the people who make music and and the people who own the rights. Yeah. It'll also be interesting in the next year to see if people keep talking about Denon in the same way or if that yeah. was just kind of a flash in the pan thing. Sure. You know. I don't imagine they're just going to take over, you know, <laughs> the DJ booth entirely in 2018 right. or anything right. like that. But, you know, will, I mean, some will they the, keep a foothold, yeah. you know? Some yeah. of the innovations they have, I think, are great, like the, the oh, dual yeah. layer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think for people to get away from pioneer because for me the initial thing there i was like well i don't think i'm ready to switch because the price point was i mean it was lower but not significantly lower enough to where i was like eh, you know screw pioneer completely just because of the market share true you know, like because how many writers have you had tony yet that said denon players one yeah you know, out of how many shows that you did a gazillion yeah a gazillion <laughs> mm -hmm. well and and the 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 only problem with that is that you can't you can't continue to get market share off of, you know, penetrating by price point alone, right? Mm. Like it, Walmart it, does it. Well, right, but if you're if <laughs> but as Denon, if what you want is more of the market share and of the premier luxury line, you got to get converts. You can't you yeah. can't take the price of this like super awesome thing and bring it down to 100 bucks a unit. Mm -hmm. Because then you might actually end up shooting yourself in the foot because then it's not a premier player. It's a $100 player. Right? Yeah, it's a perceived value issue. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Kilma talks about that. And not only that, but, you know, I'm sure with the amount of R&D and, and production that went into the thing, like, you, you, you have to be There's able to say... There's an inherent cost. Yeah, yeah. so you yeah. have to be able to, like, make some money on the thing, but you can't bring the price point too low without somebody saying... This is crap. Well, yeah, yeah, that's not a real... Uh, that's not a real competitor to the pioneer player. Yeah. It's, you know, it's half the price. Like that's not you know, like it's, it is, it's that perceived value thing. How long you guys think it'll be before we start seeing like microtransactions on our DJ players? Like buy this effect now for 99 cents. <laughs> well, because yeah, Serato kind of does Serato that. already yeah, does it. good yeah. for that. Yeah. That's part <laughs> of the reasons waiting, why I've steered away from them. I'm waiting for something to pop up on the touchscreen of the CDJs. Like, do you want to unlock blah, blah, blah? Do you want? Master Tempo? Do you want to unlock Flanger? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, yes, press, yes. Press yes for more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like XP points. There you go. Like, right. like Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. me and Tony play yeah. Call of Duty. So. <laughs> right? Jeez, I didn't know Serato even did that. 
Oh yeah, 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 for the club was it the club package? Well, there's a. Club I, I don't that, think it's as, as bad as I'm describing, but no, they have yeah. like a plug-in uh, structure. So when you yeah when you log in to Serato, like it, you can go to like your account screen within uh-huh. the software, and when it comes up, it shows you all of the packs that you have purchased, and mm-hmm. then it shows you you know all the packs you haven't purchased. So like you can pa- you can purchase pitch and time and the club pack, and then uh, oh, so it doesn't pop up when you're playing. No, no. Okay, no, that's what no, I was no, no. What? Hell no. It's like playing Farmville. Going back to fucking vinyl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, every time you go into a breakdown, the, the a window pops up and says, would you like to unlock the yeah. plan? Yeah. Would you like to add a kick drum for $3? <laughs> would would you like a 16-beat loop? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not like that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, for passionate DJ in general, you know, we have a lot of things that we're kind of in the works and are in the idea stage right now. So I won't right. spend too much time on that. But I, you know, the ambassadors thing, I know we want to really hit the ground running with that. We want to fully launch that, bring it out of beta and, and maybe bring in a couple new recruits a little yeah. bit later in the year. Um, I know I'm really interested in bringing some more YouTube content. Uh, there's one thing I know we mentioned on the show last year was doing more YouTube and I sort of made good on that. I we put a few things together. We put episode one hundred yeah, we <laughs> you made one, we put together episode one hundred live. I put a couple of those one shots up there. So we got started, but I really want to put more of that and build out the channel. Sure. Um and we've talked about doing maybe uh, a bonus content type of scenario, which I think people would appreciate. You know, people like me who listen to podcasts and get upset when they run out of podcasts and want that <laughs> bonus episode. Right. Uh, yeah, we're, we've got all that kind of stuff in the works, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, anything special you want to share goal-wise, Tony, as far as three-dimensional goes? Any big shows you want to throw? Any places you want to be? Anything like that? Um, no, I just want to keep expanding our brand in the, in the city for now. Um, what about personal goals? Personal goals? Yeah, as I an mean, artist or just in general, anybody want to jump in I on that? I definitely want to put another mix out this year. You know, Nice. Every 12 years is not conducive to my <laughs> <Yeah>. DJ career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and no, I definitely want to put another mix out. Um, I want to get I want to get a little, like, I want to get into some, into some production this hmm. year. Dig in a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, a little bit. Not nice. a little bit more. A little bit. <laughs> um, and show-wise, yeah, I just want to add more shows this year. Because um, last year we did, we had a run of a few shows, but I want to, like, we want to be doing, if we can do two a month, even if it's a, a different style of show, not mm. so much an electronic show, an electronic show, but an electronic and maybe a hip-hop show, you know. But, yeah, add more stuff. Mo, you still going to be doing the uh, CrossFit gigs and stuff this year? Does yeah. that slow down during the winter, or how does uh, that work? No, it starts around February is when it all, like the ball starts rolling, and then you roll through kind of like the whole, it's called the CrossFit Open. It's kind of like the playoffs that lead up into the CrossFit Games, which are the like worldwide championships, so everything will start to spin up towards that. And then when the summer comes around, you know, I have my fundraiser that I do. And so, yeah, it, it's right now is actually like my slow season. So, yeah, but come February, it'll just start boom, 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 one after yeah. another. So very cool. I think for me, it's just finding my project to have something to focus on musically. You know, I, I know I've brought that up a couple of times. I need to figure out what that is and what I care about enough to spend the time doing it and, and develop an artist portfolio of recent work. Right, right. <laughs> 
Uh, Trip, you have any releases you want to get out this year or anything? Uh, Are you still yes. doing bass industry stuff? And uh, I would, I would love to. I've actually been. I was approached by uh, the owner of Bass Industry um, uh, to do a project for another side label that uh, that um, he's starting up. Uh, so I, I've started a project for that, um, but it's nowhere near even preview. It's it's still like whip underscore zero zero one underscore like <laughs> right you know whatever but um yeah I, I i would really like to get out at least one mix this year if not a couple um i would like to space those out you know so like maybe try to get one out in the first quarter and then maybe something in the third or fourth quarter mm. um you know because i just i it's been so long but uh, as we've talked about in the past like i just put so much into it that like it just kind of becomes this overwhelming yeah. thought and thing that like just kind of looms and, and I just keep putting it off. Doesn't but. that suck? It, it works itself into this giant ball of anxiety <laughs> yes. when you could just start doing something <laughs> right. and it'd be right. fine, right? Yep. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, definitely want to want to get back into uh, producing more often. I, I, I didn't release anything this year. I did create a couple. I did finish a track. Uh, but didn't do anything else with it. It's out on SoundCloud. If anybody wants to, you know, go give it a listen. Um, it's called Rise Up. Um, but um, yeah, I would I would like to get into some production stuff. Uh, maybe pull Tony in here, and maybe we can come up with something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, we do need to make that happen. Right. Crank but, out a uh, couple techno monsters, man. I'm waiting for it. Right. Do it. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna rock out. But, <laughs> yeah, and and try to get more gigs. I mean, outside of uh, the the barbecue and um, what was it? St- was Stanton Warriors last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, outside of Stanton Warriors and, and the barbecue this year, uh, I, I, I didn't play. Now, part of that was because I was injured for half yeah. the year. <laughs> you were kind of busted <laughs> blah, up. Blah, 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 blah. Blah. <laughs> but, Ooh, um, torn MCL. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would. I would like to play more gigs. I would like to get out there a little bit more and um, and – and maybe even start like working on uh, like PR stuff because that's one thing I've never been good at. Yeah. You know, I can't. I come from a time where PR meant you put your a flyer up. Yeah, you yeah. put a flyer or a business card in the CD sleeve. <laughs> mm. <laughs> maybe if you were fancy, you put a custom label on the CD as you handed uh, CDs. Listen to me, I'm yeah. talking <laughs> CDs here, people. Like, um, so yeah, you know, maybe maybe putting in some time on on the on the PR and marketing side of things, you know, but, um, I am still in school. So, you know, my, my time is at a premium between work home and, uh, school. So we'll, we'll see. Any other final thoughts from the crew here before we wrap up the entire year? Just like you trip. Yeah. I want to like, I play a lot, but it's not like shows. So one of my goals is to play something either outside of a CrossFit or a wedding or outside mm. of EDM Tuesday, just sure. to get a actual show, because I'll be retiring from the Air Force this year after 26 years. So I have a little oh, bit yeah, of extra time. Right. Congrats! Yeah, yeah. yeah, September 27th, and um, <laughs> not that you've got it marked. Not, right? not that I've got it marked on <laughs> countdown of days, but my goal is to have the most bomb ass retirement of all time because <laughs> I've already uh, got with Nathaniel about using Therapy Cafe for my after party. Nice, and uh, yeah, that's my whole goal is like for all these young cats that are brand new to the Air Force, like holy shit, this is what Air Force retirement's like. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so doing something really crazy with that. Awesome. 
You know what? And therapy is a, a pretty cool place to do like smaller uh, personal stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my wife and I, we had our engagement party there. Yeah. Like it's it's a nice little Especially spot if you that. can get in early, you know, before the club right. opens, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'll, I'll need some help planning that. Um, <clears throat> guys, uh, <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> we might know, know somebody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like you, trip, you know, trying to become uh, better at the social media aspect of mm. my brand. Uh, I have a couple. I have a page. I got Instagram and all that stuff. But working on the push piece, and you know, like Dave, you always say, uh, give, 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 then ask. Yeah, you know, right. working on that aspect and just trying to become better at. Mediaizing is that a word? Mediaizing. Mediaizing. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I think we're going to send out with some outtakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, just in case people are out there and they don't know, that was also something that kind of got implemented over the past year, year and a half. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you've never rolled all the way through the outro music. Um, I don't do it every time, but you're pretty good about it. I'd say about 90%. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, what I usually do is I'll catch, uh, some outtakes or, uh, just saying something stupid. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, and I don't discriminate. I've gotten all of us. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Am yes, I right? Like, Absolutely. I mean, I might've picked on Tony a little bit there in the beginning, but <laughs> I don't say it. I don't see it as picking on me. I'm just a random fuck. Man, so. <laughs> It's like, I just say the most random shit sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, so there, there are outtakes at the end of, uh, of most episodes, uh, since, uh, we've come on board. So, um, so yeah. you've got like a collection of favorites or are these unreleased ones? Uh, no. So, well, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so I've got about five or six that, um, that I picked, uh, that are out there on existing episodes. And then I'm going to throw a couple of the ones that didn't make it out. Awesome. Uh, uh, the favorite one the for me that I did was the, I'm trying to save all the world from bad marriages. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a daunting task. Mo. I don't know if you can do that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Let's, um, let's send the show out. Let's send 2017 out with some silly outtakes and, uh, maybe you can put a trip to Arlington original under those sure. to send out yeah. with. Yeah. And guys, thank you so much in this room. Mm, thank, you. Team. thank you. Thank you for an amazing year. Thank you. Uh, all you, you contributors. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Ambassadors. ambassadors. Thank you so much. It's been a great year and 20, 2018 is going to be even greater. I can't wait. Thank Absolutely. you guys so much. Cheers to that. Cheers. This has been another year of the Passionate <laughs> DJ Podcast. Yeah. Merry New Year. Later. I <laughs> even wait. You've been yeah. waiting the whole time for that, haven't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a serious pet peeve. Okay. Serious. Do not use the fucking hip hop horn. <laughs> Dude, how did I leave forget it that be? One? Leave it be. The air horn. Yeah. That is the perfect, the quintessential pet peeve. Right. Perfect. I know. I, as much time as I bitch about it, like episode <laughs> after episode, man. You can take my sound effect away and put your own on there, please. <laughs> you can use it this one. Make sure you guys don't miss it. Once again, that's July 8th, and you have to register. PassionateDJ.com slash 100. We're seriously doing video.
We are doing video. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just now catch up? <laughs> it, it wasn't a dream. Uh, yeah. I'm going to wear my I'm, best t-shirt. I'm wearing my best marshmallow helmet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, right. We are going to have lots of great uh, previous Mixonkey.com. Then it it takes uh, it's called harmonic mixing, I think. Not sure, but yeah, I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the- oh, that looked like powder. Most throwing off the, uh, off the, <laughs> the contrast ratio, the white balance. Uh, yeah. So does he just like do I have to set him another You should be able to call him that back. Well, I see James down there, so I don't know if it'll. Hey, there he is. Can you hear us, James? Oh my God! Yeah. Hey, there we go. Oh, yeah. hey, so no basically, my uh, cat dropped my uh, Wi-Fi modem. James, we thank you for for creating our um, outtake for this episode. Yeah. Great. <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> we didn't plan for cats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a staunch contract DJ. So like I don't I don't, I don't use one all the time. I've got one that I kind of, you know, print out and or you know, send off if I have to have it, but so you roll the dice if you know the person pretty well. Right, right. What are we talking about again? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's dirty. Uh, <laughs> many a bad decision made that way. <laughs> um, oh, um. Well, let's not get too silly. <laughs> let's actually. Uh, How many people have just stopped listening by now, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> There's like 12 people that are like, this is the best episode ever. <laughs> no kidding. I'm done. Hey, It'd be so- like me and you listening like, this is the best episode. And then everyone else like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.